The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Carnival Magic this week. Also, staff writer Richard Sims is here with Cruise News. Cruise News Today, the three things you need to know to start your day, Monday through Friday, found just opposite of this channel or on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. All right, on deck is staff writer Richard Sims. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. So you hit the nail on the head last week when you said protocols could change tomorrow. Just give it a day. There's a famous quote from the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He says, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. And the same is definitely proving true for health and safety protocols right now. I mean, as an example, even as we were preparing this, we were hearing rumblings that more changes were coming down the pike. And just when we finished recording our original version, guess what? New changes. So we kind of went in and we're now redoing it. Here's where we stand as of right now. And again, this could change by tomorrow, but here's where it is at the moment. Starting September 3rd, the ships which make up the fleets of Norwegian Cruise Line holdings, so that means Norwegian Cruise Line, Oceana, and Regent Seven Seas, they will essentially be welcoming anyone on board regardless of their vaccination status. Vaccinated guests won't need to do pre-cruise testing, but will need to provide proof of vaccination. And unvaccinated guests will have to provide the negative results of a PCR test taken within three days of their boarding. Uh, Then we just got word that Royal Caribbean Group, which is Royal Caribbean International and Celebrity Cruises, have also updated their protocol. They're basically allowing passengers on select itineraries to sail regardless of vaccination status as long as they meet any pre-cruise testing requirements. There are, of course, you know, different variations to, uh, to, to how this is going to play out. The Royal Caribbean cruises in question are those setting sail from Los Angeles, Galveston, and New Orleans, as well as sailings leaving from European ports. For Celebrity, it's Mexican Riviera sailings out of Los Angeles and their sailings in Europe. As you'd expect, there's various exceptions And the protocols for all the cruise lines are evolving on a rapid basis. So it's really important that guests stay up to date on the latest information, whether it's, you know, talking to their travel advisor or visiting the official websites of the cruise lines. It's really important to realize that these are not necessarily blanket policies because the cruise lines have to go by whatever rules are set by the various ports they're visiting. So let's say, for example, that one of the cruise lines says anybody who is going on our sailings, if they are five days or fewer, does not have to have a pre-cruise negative uh, test. That might be true for most of their sailings, but let's say you're going to Bermuda or Canada. Those are both places that require testing. So in those cases, you do have to have testing. It's going to get really confusing out there because as the protocols continue to evolve, it becomes sort of a patchwork. And 
every cruise is a little bit different. Every cruise line is a little bit different. And that's why we keep saying, you know, don't rely on just what you read in a Facebook group. Don't rely on what you think. Stay in touch with a travel advisor or directly with the cruise line itself and make sure that you know exactly what's necessary before you get on that ship. And that includes, you know, just because you checked on Monday, if your cruise is on Friday, check again Friday morning before you leave for the port. Because, you know, as we're seeing even just in the last day or two, it can change that quickly. So it's really important to stay on top of that. And speaking of changes, they're abound at Carnival Cruise Line. Yeah, and a lot of them have to do with food. And you know people take their food seriously, so let's make sure they know what to expect. The The good news is, as I think we talked about a week or two ago, Cucina del Capitano, which was shut down for dinner service, um, mostly across the fleet except for on Mardi Gras, because they were having staffing issues, it is back open. It is back open and, and you know, they're serving dinners and everything is back to normal. So that's very, very good. But if you want to hit the sea day brunch and you definitely want to hit the sea day brunch because it's a real highlight, you'll need to make sure that you don't sleep in too late because they're cutting the service times back by one hour. That means where they used to serve the sea day brunch until 1 p.m., they're now serving it until noon. Along those same lines, the pizzeria hours are being cut back as well. But frankly, I don't think most people are going to notice this difference because the hours that um, they'll stop serving pizza are between 4 a.m. and 9 a.m. Now, I know there are going to be some people who are like stumbling out of the casino. I have been one of those people at 5 a.m. looking for something to eat. But, uh, you know... Closing from 4 a.m. to 9 a.m., not a huge deal. The other big change is with regards to the room service breakfast. You can still order it, but you won't be able to fill out one of those little door hanger menus and leave it out the night before. You'll have to order the same way you do everything else related to room service, which means over the phone. I'm a little unclear if you can order the night before or if you call in the morning and order, but maybe, you know, maybe one of our listeners can shoot us an email telling them what they've experienced since this change is just now going into effect. Honestly, I'm a little bit surprised that they haven't moved, you know, breakfast service over to the app and said, you know, you can still order, you can order the night before, you can order a week in advance if you want, but you have to do it on the app. Maybe, you know, maybe that'll be what comes down the line at some point. Is it just they shift room service ordering over to the app? But as of right now, you can still order on the phone, but you can't use, they won't be having the little door hangers to fill out and leave for them to come around and collect. It'd be really nice if you could order coffee on the app. Too bad it's only 2022 and the technology isn't out yet. I know, right? If only there were a magic <laughs> way to do that. Uh, so NCL, they recently had their earnings statement or business update for Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings. Now that's Norwegian Cruise Line, Regent Seven Seas Cruises, and Oceana Cruises. What did we hear here? Uh, it was mostly good news from Norwegian overall. Um, they announced that for the first time since the pandemic, they've got positive cash flow, which is obviously awesome. That doesn't necessarily mean they're making money. It just means that, you know, the tide is is turning. The big takeaway in my eyes from a consumer point of view was that they are continuing with their strong pricing strategy, strong pricing strategy. Try saying that three times really fast. In other words, they would rather sell fewer cabins at a higher price than offer discounts simply to fill the ships. In fact, when Frank Del Rio, who's the president and CEO of Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings, when he talks about this kind of thing, he sounds 
I mean, if we're being honest, he sounds kind of snobby. He's sort of, he's one step away from saying, we don't want the Walmart crowd. You know, that's basically the way he sounds when he talks about it. But it's a strategy that has really worked for them. Um, you know, they they have higher pricing than they did in 2019, which back then they had record pricing. And their booking is really solid. They are not looking at 2022 as being a, you know, necessarily a year that they break even and start making money. They're looking at it as their transition year and that 2023 is where they're focused on. And you'll notice they are selling a lot of cruises into 2023. You know, the the, the booking window is much wider than it was pre-pandemic. Um, they're also talking a lot about onboard spend being up, and that's because they really focus on getting the consumer to buy things like the drink package and internet in advance. That way, when you go on board, you're free to spend what is kind of new money. What that means is like if you get on the ship and you immediately have to hand over $200 for a spa pass or, you know, $300 for the drink package, you're painfully aware of the fact that you're kicking your vacation off by spending money. But if you spent that money six months ago or a year ago, like if when you booked, they hit you with an email saying, hey, you know, save 10% now if you book your spa package and you do that, that money's not as fresh in your mind. You spent it so long ago that it's almost like you have amnesia, so you don't mind spending more money in the casino or a specialty restaurant. And because they're doing so much pushing of those pre-sales of items, they're seeing much bigger onboard spend because those two things correlate so well. Do lower prices correlate to lower class though? I mean, I can see I mean, I can see both sides, what Frank's saying, but also I can also see the family of five who wants to take their family on a cruise and gets a hell of a deal. Well, definitely. I mean, you know, let's be honest. When he talks about that, he's probably without saying it out loud, he's basically looking at Carnival, which has done some really heavy discounting to mm -hmm. fill their ships. Carnival has focused on, you know, capacity as opposed to pricing. And that that's how, that works for them. So that's great. I think what he's looking at is we don't want to, you know, cut services. They would rather continue to sail their ships with fewer people on board, knowing that, you know, maybe there's some staffing issues or maybe there's other reasons. They would rather do it at a lower capacity and be able to charge more and, and this is, I think, key, and deliver you that high-quality experience. If you look at ships like Prima and, this, uh, um, Prima and Viva, the next two ships they have coming out, and the other ships that are coming beyond that, they are clearly stepping things up a little bit. They want to separate themselves from the mainstream pack. They even refer during the service or during the earnings call, they talk a lot about sort of how they're moving into the upper echelon. They're moving, they're not, you know, they're not, luxury, but they're they're trying to step things up a little bit, which honestly, so is Carnival. If you look at Carnival Mardi Gras, that is sort of a step up from what you might see on some of the previous ships. So all of them are doing this, but Norwegian is being a little more vocal and a little more open in their approach. And speaking of the earnings call, a little information came out about Hawaii-based Pride of America. Yeah, this is an interesting ship. It's the only ship in the NCLH fleet that is um, registered as an American ship, which means that they have different staffing requirements. So 75% of the staff on board Pride of America has to be an American staff. Now, we've heard about how much difficulty other lines are having 
uh, with regard to staffing issues with foreign, you know, because they're foreign flagships and they're able to um, use foreign crew, but they have to go through the whole visa process. The problem with Pride of America is they're actually having problems finding American citizens who want to work on the cruise ship, who want to work these hours, who want to work these prices, whatever. And so since the restart, since they restarted sailing with Pride of America, it's been sailing at about 40% capacity. And unfortunately, that's going to continue because they just don't have enough staff to sail at a higher capacity and provide the experience that they want to provide. They're hoping that by the end of the year, they will be able to have resolved these issues and get the ship, you know, back up and running at full capacity. Because obviously, I mean, Pride of America is a ship that has itineraries that are really in demand. You know, Hawaiian itineraries are very, very popular. So this is a very important ship in the NCL universe, but they have to get it back up to staffing levels before they can fully fully sail with it uh, at, at 100% capacity. So hopefully by the end of the year. Yeah, we've had about a dozen emails um, over the past couple of months where NCL has canceled reservations because they just, they're not they're not able to accommodate everyone right now. Yeah, I think what happened there was they booked the ship assuming that they would be able to. And as they are realizing that they're not, um, that they're having to cancel their, you know, certain reservations, I'm assuming I'm going to be generous here and assume they do it in like the first come first serve basis. Or, you know, maybe they do it based on, well, you ha- you were paying more for a higher um, level of stateroom. So we're going to, you know, keep your reservation and cancel some of the people in the lower, um, in the inside staterooms. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Uh, but yeah, we've heard quite a bit that, that that's been happening and it looks like that will continue to happen. Hopefully they know now, since they know that it is probably going to be the situation through the end of the year, maybe they will, um, you know, sort of cap booking on their end so that people don't have to, um, you know, Frank apologized during the call for having to do this, but they would they don't want to deliver a bad product you know they don't want people to come on board and the staffing issue be so bad that it, it leads to people talking about having a bad experience well maybe americans will want to work again in 2023 who knows who knows yeah uh, the vessel that garnered eyes around the world in the early part of 2020 before the shutdown is back in north america but it isn't going anywhere for a while No, it's not. Princess Cruises was this close to having their entire fleet back, but it looks like Diamond Princess is going to delay that. The ship just came back, you know, did a transatlantic, and it was supposed to begin sailing out of, I believe, Los Angeles in September. But Princess says that due to what were we just talking about, staffing issues, they're canceling 11 sailings. And so that means Diamond Princess will now start sailing in November, which means, of course, that they won't have their full fleet sailing again until November. It's sort of fitting that Diamond Princess would be the last ship to return because, as you sort of alluded to, you know, this was the ship that was at that became the face of the pandemic, not, you know, when when during the early days of the pandemic, it, it was all eyes were on this cruise ship, you know, and it's, it eventually came out that it really, you know, was because the uh, Japanese government, because the ship was, was um, anchored off 
the coast of Japan really handled this badly in not getting people off the ship. And, you know, it was early. Nobody knew what to do. Nobody knew how to handle this. But as more and more cases happened and people were being quarantined for ages on the ship, it was just a really, really big punch in the eye to the cruise industry. So in a weird way, it's sort of appropriate that the ship that started this whole thing will wind up being the last ship, basically, to return to service. I love the rumors and speculation, uh, you know, in the different Facebook groups where, oh, I heard that they have to clean it more because they're finding more COVID on board and stuff like that. Right, two years later, getting this information it's for two years, right? They still have to clean the ship because, oh, you know, was there a body in the basement? What the hell? Like, you know, when you're sitting on the promenade or the Lido deck and just kind of people watching, I like to do that when I'm just scrolling through the uh, Facebook groups, watching what people say. So basically, you're a lurker. Basically, yeah. And listener question <laughs> this week comes from Daniel. What are the best haven upgrade strategies for Norwegian Cruise Line? My assumption is eggs in one basket. I don't know what that means, so this is all you. All right. Well, I'm going to assume, since he made an assumption, I'm going to make an assumption, too, that he is talking about the best strategy when it comes to bidding for an upgrade. You know, like maybe you're in a high-end balcony but when the bidding process begins, they're making you offers for three or four different types of suites in the Haven, you know, because there are different levels of, of Haven suites. And when that happens, you could bid on three different suites in the suite types in the Haven. Now, I'm a big believer that when you book your cruise, you should book what you are comfortable sailing in. So, you know, Let's say you booked a balcony. Make sure it's a balcony that you're comfortable in because, you know, you might not get an offer to bid on the Haven and you also might not get um, the Haven. Even if you do get the offer, that doesn't mean you'll win a suite in the Haven. But as far as Daniel's question, when it comes to the best strategy for bidding, the thing that I hear the most often is the higher the bid, and this is going to be shocking, the higher the bid, the better the chance of you getting in. Now, when I have bid on upgrades, whether it's, you know, from an, an a balcony to a haven or whether it's from an ocean view to a balcony, my strategy has always been to sort of get it right there in the middle. I find the middle to be sort of the sweet spot. When I say the middle, when you go to bid, there's um, sort of a barometer that goes f that shows you whether your bid is low, medium, high or really really good. Um and, and you always have to remember that you're bidding – if your bid is accepted, you're bidding twice, some, twice the amount. So if you bid $500, your actual bid is $1,000 because they're bidding as if you are doing double occupancy. Even if you are sailing by yourself or if you are sailing with six people, it's double occupancy is the way the bidding works. So my strategy is to pick which one I'm most interested in and place the bid that I think has the best chance of winning. I don't suppose there's any real harm in placing three or four different bids on, you know, like let's say you're going to bid on the family style and on the two-bedroom two and on the deluxe owner's suite. Those are all obviously going to have vastly different price ranges. But if you want to, if, it's, if you don't care which of those you end up in, that's fine. But I like to know what I'm going to end up in. So I tend to say pick the, pick the Haven suite that you most want and place the best bid you possibly can on it. Also, 
don't just assume that bidding is going to give you the best price. Go online and see if you if you actually had to pay for this Haven suite, what would it cost you? What would now take what you have already paid for your cruise and what you're bidding and if they accepted that bid, how much would you be paying? It might be that with the bid you're actually paying more and you would be better off just going right to NCL and saying, "Hey, I don't want to bid. I want to I want to upgrade." You know, like what can we do here? Because, you know, that that can sometimes be the cheaper option. Have you heard much of people actually getting that upgrade or does the Haven fill up pretty quickly anyway? You do see quite a few people getting the upgrade. In fact, you know, you're not the only one who likes to do a little lurking in Facebook groups. There is a Facebook group, one Facebook group in particular, where you see a lot of complaints about people who um, have their bids accepted. And the complaint is um, that those people aren't classy enough. You know, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be able to come into my area with their low bids. I paid full price and they, they definitely should not be allowed to bring their screaming children and their ill-behaved teenagers into the Haven if they can't afford to pay the full price. So yes, people do definitely, um, because the Haven is pricey. So, you know, it, it makes sense that a fair amount of, um, of those suites are going to wind up going to people who place bids it's funny you say that like it's always weird like when pricing comes up when you're at a dinner table or at a bar or like, how much you get this cruise for because like back in what was it february or march when i was on carnival liberty and i paid 30 dollars for that balcony cabin and i was sitting with people around the dinner table that paid like 700 i just found the fare for 30 bucks online but they booked it like before the shutdown so i was like i don't re- really remember what i paid because you don't want to say oh i got mine for 30 and then get be awkward you know what's so interesting to me is that is something that comes up in every every cruise conversation like at bars in restaurants people are always talking about how much did you pay for this and i don't think that that's normal like in other vacations like when you go to disney world you you don't start talking to the person at the bar and being like well how much did you pay for your disney world vacation you know like but cruisers we love to talk about it and if we got a deal we love to brag about the deal that we got. All right, staff writer Richard Sims. We'll talk to you next week, buddy. Always glad to. Breaking news as it happens. Online and on demand at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. You're listening to Cruise Radio, the trusted voice of the cruise industry. Danny and his family just returned from a six-night cruise on Carnival Magic out of Port Canaveral. I say just returned, but it was actually earlier this year, and it went down to the Caribbean and back. He joins us on the line. How you doing, my friend? 
I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? Good, buddy. Can't wait to hear about your Carnival Magic experience. So before we get to the ship itself, we'll take a step back. What made you want to take this six-nighter? Well, like everybody, you know, we booked a whole bunch of cruises and a lot of them got canceled. So this one, me and my wife being school teachers came right up, got a good price with it. And, you know, so much uh, pre-cruise credit, I mean, you know, onboard credit. Mm -hmm. So that's what made us decide that one. Yeah, those onboard credits sure sweeten the pot for when cruising returned. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And my daughter enjoyed every last bit of it. Yeah, I'm sure. Very cool. So you're up in the Carolina area. You make your way down to Florida. Any uh, pre-cruise time in Florida before you boarded? We drove down uh, two nights before and stayed in Orlando and just drove over to the port. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we, we just drove around Orlando and ate some good food before. And you go to board Carnival Magic. How was that embarkation process for y'all? Embarkation was kind of crazy it wasn't bad it wasn't because of the people inside of the port area itself but something was going on on the ship mm-hmm. and it took them a little bit longer to get people off the ship so it took a little bit longer for everybody that was, had an early boarding so it, from curve to ship it probably was an hour maybe and how yeah. early did y'all get there well our boarding time we always get there early we were one of them crazy people that, <laughs> that, that like to hang out so we got there about 11 but we actually didn't get on to about twelve thirty. and then you make your way on board magic what were your first impressions I loved it. I loved it. It was uh, flashy. It was brand like it looked brand new to me. It was my first time on the ship, mm-hmm. but like the um, like it was it was great. I mean, I'm trying to think of the words to say, but it, it was just amazing. My daughter was so fascinated by the atrium. Um, she ran around real quick. She's 11, so she's at uh-huh. this point where she don't want to be around daddy and mommy that much. So, <laughs> right. so she, uh, you said that you were kind of new to cruising right before the pandemic happened. Um, what other cruise lines or ships have you been on? It was all um, Carnival. We did Sunshine and Paradise. So kind of just making your way up there, you did Sunshine, kind of an older ship there, then Paradise, yeah. one of the last of the fantasy, and then Magic, oh, yeah. which uh, rolled out in 2011. Very cool. You get on board the ship, and it's time to head to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have for your six-night cruise, and what did you think about it throughout the week? Well, we got spoiled. We Our first cruises were all balconies, so we got used to balconies, so we got another balcony. And it was immaculate. Our ship was, uh, the, the room itself, matter of fact, they upgraded us to a, to a aft, um, extended balcony. Nice. And we, we love it. You know, the extra room is, is great for me. I like to stretch out my legs. Yeah. I like just looking at the ocean anyway, you know. And once you get that extended balcony, you don't want to go back either. That's funny. I, we, we just booked another one in the paradise for next year. Same yeah. thing. So. Yeah. It's a, that's a nice, nice part of the ship back there. Nice and quiet too. And yeah. you get that, you get to hear that laying back, stretching your legs out on that big chair and hearing that water kick up through the propellers. Just oh, so yeah. rocky to sleep there. Uh, very cool. As yeah. far as like the space and everything for the three of y'all, plenty of that it was plenty we had plenty of storage we didn't pack a whole lot this cruise you know we made a mistake on our first one by overpacking so this one we like bare necessities and enough to to make it through the days and the night something happened on the cruise where they offered us some free laundry service so that was even a plus so we had free laundry service on the cruise too so did someone spill something on you or why would they offer you it was something 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 happened like in the room before we got there okay that i don't think the the cleaners called it so we put our stuff underneath Ah. and it kind of got on our suitcases and stuff so they cleaned our suitcases and just offered us free laundry service the whole the cruise Uh, anytime we need a laundry service they they just wash our clothes all right well there you go so let's talk about dining on this six night cruise and we'll start at the lido deck area up there by the pool what were your thoughts (laughs) throughout the week well we loved it i mean it was it was at 100 percent capacity i will say that Mm -hmm. 
and they were understaffed. However, other than, you know, the choking points on the Lido deck are usually God's Burgers and Blue Iguana, but even those weren't so bad. The only only place I can remember it being an issue as far as crowds was the pizza place in the very back. Yeah, um, those lines are those lines are pretty pretty long. It's just interesting at that pizza place because the lines are always just crazy, and it's been like that for uh, well at least since the ships restarted. I don't yeah. know if they're just they don't have enough staff back there because they used to have like a ton of pies made, and now they're doing it like basically per order, which like per makes order, every person wait problem, five minutes. Yeah. yeah, so it's like like. Even even when, you know, usually if you go later, they always have, like, all of them ready. So you just say what kind you want. Yeah. Even that was a, a little bit longer than what I'm used to um, going on, this, like, Sunshine Man. It was like, all right, there you go. You know, right there. Yeah. Um, but literally the staffing, it was, it was, it was kind of rough. But, again, I was patient. My yeah. wife was patient. My daughter was patient. So we were good to go. You were talking about the choke point. I think that... Um, in my opinion, at least, I think the worst out of the three ships you've been on is the Sunshine right there by Blue Iguana. Yes. It's like yes. so yes. Yes. narrow between the um, buffet area and the Blue Iguana Cantina. It's like you have to almost walk <laughs> sideways sometimes when it's crowded. Sideways and with fingers on me. It's just, right. just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty wild. Down at the uh, the main dining room, what time dining did you have and how was your meals in there throughout the week? Well, because me and my wife both are weight loss surgery people, so we have certain times we got to eat. So <laughs> we always do early dining. Gotcha. And and the wait time for us to get on, it wasn't that bad at all. I think the only time that we we had about third night, it was a little bit longer of a wait because they were just crowded, just getting in there. Everybody mm-hmm. like everybody came down at one time. So once you were over. actually in there, was it um was the service pretty expedited, or could you tell there were staffing issues and a little bit sluggish? You could tell that it was sluggish at sometimes, but our staff was so entertaining mm-hmm. that you really didn't realize it was been a little bit longer than usual between courses. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. the staff but, can make up for it for sure. But you, you can tell like certain, certain people didn't have as good of a staff <laughs> when mm-hmm. you could look in their faces and kind of tell that, Oh, well, you know, I'm not enjoying myself, but yeah. Yeah. I guess you have but to as far of... as the food, the food, the food was great on, on this ship on, on at down. I think we had, the first night, you remember I told you about the onboard credit. The mm-hmm. first night we had, um, we had went to the steakhouse. We enjoyed it. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you had any specialty restaurants. Did you, um, having a like a dietary restriction, or you like to eat early because of your surgery? Were you able to like enjoy the steak and everything in there still? Yes, I was. Yes, I'm so I'm being we're far enough out that we can enjoy uh-huh. food. We just can't eat as much. Gotcha. So like, and then my daughter, like she's she's at the point where whatever we don't have, she'll, <laughs> right, she'll, she'll yeah. gladly take off our plate. Yeah, yeah. It's always nice going to the steakhouse on the first night too, because they kind of relax the dress code too, because they realize not everyone has their luggage yet, so you don't have to dress to the to the nines or get all fancified like on the other nights of the cruise, where they kind of want you to be a little yeah. more smart, casual. And that's one of the reasons we did it as well. Plus, you know, the free bottle wine. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's always uh, enticing as well there. Does that one have, like, the sushi or anything like that, the seafood shack? It has the seafood shack. It has the um, it has the Italian restaurant as well. And it has uh, – there's one more I'm trying to think. Oh, it's the outdoor barbecue, right? Oh, uh, yeah, the barbecue, yes. Me being from North Carolina, man, I'm kind of picky about my barbecue. Uh-huh. But I, thir- I thoroughly enjoyed it. Nice. Um. It was a little bit. It was a little bit different than what I'm used to because you know in North Carolina pork is king. So, mm-hmm. I, so I had some of the pork, and I'm kind of picky, but I enjoyed it. My daughter, we 
we had pork and sausage, and I think she got a little bit of a brisket, and all of all of it was good. And my wife's from Kansas City, so it's kind of best of both worlds. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, yeah. But, and so, so she loved the brisket. So North Carolina and Kansas City, there the barbecue connoisseurs on deck. That's, <laughs> that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And um, do they have the breakfast set up in the Ocean Plaza in the morning, like more of a continental thing? If you didn't want to go upstairs. They, yes, they did, but I. The Ocean Plaza, when I wasn't out on the Lido hanging out, Ocean Plaza is where I like to hang out at because it's good for people watching it. Just all the, mm-hmm. I'm a trivia per, I'm a trivia person, so yeah. I like playing trivia. So that's where all the trivia is held at. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they had it. But I, I never, you know, since we eat as a family all the time, so we usually just eat together, like down in the dining room. But they did have it set up out there. Very cool. Well, and speaking of trivia, let's talk about the entertainment through the six-night cruise. Did it live up to your expectations, and how was it? It was great. We we did the Love and Marriage show, which was the first time I, I experienced it. Mm-hmm. And it was funny just seeing all the covers, like newlyweds and the couple that was married for like 60 years on there, just giving us different <laughs> <Yeah>. answers. <laughs> and the, the um, Simon, Simon London, I think it was his last name, Simon was the um, cruise director. Mm-hmm. He was he was fantastic. He entertained us and just kept the show going and and just all around easy person to talk to on the ship. Nice. And then we went to the we went to the bingo of course and the let's make a deal. And then my wife loves like all this all the other shows like the pianists and the the violin players and mm-hmm. I think we went to Rock of Ages. I think that's what, I can't remember the exact name of it. It was like a rock and roll show, Rock of America or something like that. I usually don't like those type of shows, but she she loved it, so it made me love it So because she was happy. So Right. Is it Epic Rock? I think this might be what it's called. Epic. I, I, it's, something, it's something along those lines. I can't, yeah. like, if, if, as soon as we got the phone, I know it's <laughs> right. going to come to me. Yeah. Right. Well, let's talk about your ports of call during the six-night cruise. What we'll do here is give us the port and a highlight from that port, and we'll move to the next one. Okay, our first stop was... Uh, Half Moon Keys, uh, or K. I know that people kind of confuse <laughs> right. what to say, but we tendered into that one, and it was kind of crazy tendering because, you know, they let the platinum people go, and we were already down there, and Simon was like, Danny, you're platinum right now, go. So so it, it was funny, people looked at our cars, like, you just have red cars, what are you doing on this ship? I said, well, I'm platinum today, so they let us tender with the platinum people, so, <laughs> but, nice. but, but getting off the ship, it was, it was fun. Just we just basically we got the um, a cabana and just relaxed on the beach for most of the day. Then matter of fact, we didn't we didn't use it the whole day. And someone someone kind of said, you know, we don't want to use you know because they're kind of expensive. Like mm-hmm. I said, we had all that on that onboard credit, so we kind of paid for that. So a lady was like, well, you know, we'll give you hundred bucks to use for the rest of the day. So I, we let them use it for the rest of the day. So. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, all right, here you go. That's awesome. Did you, and, uh, did you have nice weather there? Yes, it was great. It was. It literally didn't rain at all until nice. we got back on the ship. It nice. started raining after we got back on the ship. Perfect timing. That day, we stayed out till probably about probably about two hours before they called everybody back in. Mm-hmm. So we was out there most of the day. They have a lobster shack on Half Moon Key, but I I don't know if it's open when Carnival's there or if it's only open when Holland America is there. How, did you notice if it was it, open or not? It was Holland America probably. Okay, because they didn't have it there. They, you know, Carnival offers their own buffet there. Mm-hmm. And we didn't we didn't do it. We actually went back on the ship to tend it back out because <laughs> yeah. I I I'm, I wasn't a fan of what they were having there. I think it was, it was like hot dogs and stuff like that. But I mean, for the kids, my daughter's like I always call my daughter. She has like the, the richest palate for eleven year olds. Uh-huh. 
so she she likes like fancy stuff, and I, I blame myself for that. So, <laughs> well, at least you admit it. What was your next port of call? The next port of call was Grand Turk, and it rained when we first got off the ship. Uh, so we kind of got soaked. But by the time we made it to the end of the of the port of the dock, it was just stopped raining. So. Oh, jeez. And we were we were going to just stay at the beach that day, but then something told me to go over and talk to the man about renting a jeep for the day mm-hmm. or i was going to get a go-kart and i i'll tell you the story why i'm glad i didn't get a go-kart in a second but um we got to we got to the man and he was like oh, yes yeah, be 120 dollars." and i looked around so we were the last ones in line i said well how many more jeeps do you have and he was like one and i said well ain't nobody else here can i get it for 80 <laughs> he's like he looked around he said yeah and i said man, i should have said 60 so i'll probably let I you get it <laughs> <laughs> he was but I, I said, here goes here goes eighty, and we went around and and we just drove around the island all day, stopped at like all the little major points. Yeah, and and up near the as as we're going along, we see people in go karts like kind of broke down on the side of the road. So like we saw like six or seven go karts broken down on the side of the road, and I told my wife, I was like, Bridge, I'm glad we didn't get a go kart because that could have been us on the side of the road. It was totally cool, and like you felt like safe and everything driving. I know drivers can be a little crazy over there at times, but it was kind of cool once you got away from the cruise port and out in the open. We'll say, yeah. Well, driving on the lift is a totally different different beast. Yeah. I've never done that before. Oh yeah, wow. But after after about the first thirty minutes, forty five minutes, I was good to go. It's like I did it all my life. Wow. And um, okay. matter of fact, when we pulled up to the gas station. The guy was like, oh, man, I thought I was going to deal with another tourist. And I said, I am a tourist. He said, oh, man, you're driving so well. I don't know. Why you go by? I said, oh, thank you. I said, okay. <laughs> Made you feel a little more confident, too, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yes, then sir. After Grand Turk, what was next? We went to Amber Cove, Dominican Republic. Nice. And what would you do there? They have an awesome port area. Yes. Well, first, we went, we went like you might have told you about, all the onboard credit. We had so much of it. It didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. We went on an excursion. We went on an excursion, went to one of the monkey land excursions. Uh-huh. And if I tell people, if you have a chance to do that, like I think they have two or three different ones, but the one we went on was monkey land excursion, the monkey land and the Dominican family. Like we, you taste all the, um, the hot cocoa and the, the mama wanna. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly, I recommend that highly. The people that run at the outland runners, I think they're, they're called. Yeah. They they do an excellent job. Matter of fact, the guy that runs it used to work for Carnival, so he knows exactly how to deal with you. Make sure you get back on port on time and everything. So nice. How far was that from the port? It was probably about a thirty minute drive. Okay. And and it's in, it's in like a big covered truck. Like I think must say like twenty people could fit in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, it was raining, so it had the, the rain flaps down on the side, so we didn't get wet at all while while riding. Yeah. And. That once you get there, man, it start it start raining. They give you like an overview of what to do and what not to do with the monkeys, and then they take you in there to, to the monkeys, and they start going wild on you. <laughs> so that sounds really cool. I've never really been out of the port area at Amber Coast. So that is something I definitely want to check out because I love the animals. So back to Port Canaveral next. Yes, it was like we had uh, two sea days, but mm-hmm. yeah, there was a sea day in between. But yes, yes, we had went straight back to the port. I meant to, yeah, Port Canaveral. Gotcha. Then you get uh, um, you dock at Port Canaveral. How was the debark process for y'all? Deep, debarkation was a little bit smoother than embarkation, but then you always have those people that like to go. Like if they're Group Twenty Five, they and they call Group One, they like to leave with Group One. Mm-hmm. So you had a, quite a few of those people that kind of slowed it down even more. 
But other than that, they did. They did. A, I think Carnival did a great job, and they knew they were on the staff, and they kind of accommodate, accommodated with people as much as possible as they possibly could. It sounds like you had a great time, and with all that onboard credit, who wouldn't? <laughs> when I think about the money we spent on 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 board, mm-hmm. I don't think I spent a dollar out of my own pocket on board, other than tipping, you know, the stewards and everything. Yeah, that's the only thing I remember taking out of pocket. That's uh, that's awesome. I, I always get a kick out of the people who try to cut the line when they have like number 25 and they try to get off with one and then they get pissed because their bag isn't out there yet. But it's like you're yeah. given 25 because your bag is coming out last. So you're going to be waiting here in this miserable baggage hall when you could be on the ship chilling in a lounge. And the porters are looking at you like, why are you out here? You know, uh-huh. and I'm like. That, this is insane. Yep. Every cruise, there's always one that uh, that does that. Well, any first-time tips to offer someone sailing Carnival Magic or heading down to Amber Cove? I would say, especially on the Magic, especially if you're not used because I think it's like one of the middle, like as far as size. Had I went on this ship first, I probably would have been a little overwhelmed, but yeah. I'm glad I did like the smaller ships first. But if this is going to be your first ship, I would say just look at some of the videos on YouTube and then look up, just do your, your research on it. Yeah. Know where the choke points are, know where the good, you know, like the fun points are, where the serenity deck is. If you have children, you're trying to get away with, from children. And I know you, you like to talk about the, the, the thermal spas. I actually got a real good deal on the thermal spa one day. One day, I just used it for like a, a day. Uh-huh. And the, the lady, the lady just was like, "Hey, man, I'll give you two, like a quarter of the price." I said, "I'll jump on it." I thoroughly enjoyed the class. I said, "Doug, keep talking about the thermal spa. I need to try it." Yeah. And like, so, so my my wife, she went off and did her thing, and day. My daughter did her thing, and I said, "I'm gonna go spoil myself." And I said, nice. "That's why I went to the thermal spa and enjoyed myself in the pool area and stuff like that." So. Yeah. Now the. Carnival Magic has historically been known for having a really smoky casino or the smoke drifting outside of the casino, maybe like down to the atrium area and stuff. Did you experience any of that? Now, I will say this. I never noticed it in the atrium areas. However, once you got closer, like, like I said, I like to hang out in the Ocean Plaza. Yeah. And once you get closer to the casino... Yeah, you can start smelling it like real strong, and it, and once you get inside of it, it's it's horrible. It was horrible, and like we're non-smokers, and my wife has asthma, so right, like, so we got to basically be like commando when I if we got to walk through it, we got I got to push her through like real fast, or she's gonna choke, man. So yeah, yeah, interesting. But the good thing, the good thing I will say about this that like when we were in the sunshine, um, the smell didn't linger on you like like it did there. Mm-hmm. Like, so like we went through so quick that I even like even went through quick on the sunshine. It lingered on us for a little bit, but it, it literally was off of us in like a couple of minutes. So gotcha. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for y'all? Man, there was so many. Um, there was so like, first of all, we met a lot of cool people on this cruise. I like, still friends us to this day. Mm-hmm. And uh, the monkey land experience. I, like I said, I tell anybody, if you ever get a chance to go to Amber Cove, do one of the monkey land uh, excursions it's, it's not expensive it's not too expensive at all but again it didn't cost me anything so right <laughs> but I, I i definitely but i would pay for that's what i'm saying i would pay for it mm-hmm. that's how that's how much it was how, how great it was like my daughter thoroughly enjoyed having to look at seeing her face when the monkey started growing crawling on her head and yeah. jumping on her for backs and stuff yeah. And just if, if you're going to go, just don't wear nothing that you really, really like. Just wear like because there's, you know, monkeys, they're going to be monkeys. They're going to yep. use the bathroom sooner or later. So just, yeah. 
thank goodness, thank goodness, we didn't get pooped on. So. Yeah. <laughs> they also like to take your your hats or dig in your pockets for oh, a yeah. cough drop or eyeglasses. Yeah. yeah, I, I heard you. I heard about your story, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> the other day when you did the one. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't imagine that. That was uh, that was pretty wild. Well, in closing, here your final thoughts of Carnival Magic. I will say this: Carnival Magic so far has been my favorite ship. Like the service, we had a great steward named Ali. He called himself Prince Ali, like Aladdin. Uh-huh. So, so he 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 made it worthwhile. Um, just sitting out in the middle of the ocean, the ship itself, like you said, 2011 was when it came out. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's not too too old, but it's 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 an older ship. But it's fantastic. It's beautiful on inside. The artwork are all around. It's great. They have like those little secret areas. I'm not going to tell you where because I like going there. I think you know, you know, uh-huh. where you just sit out there by yourself. Oh yeah, and just relax. But if you can get can get a balcony, if you can upgrade it to a balcony, just or even if you just sit out in the Lido, man, just to relax. Yeah, relax out in the Lido. They do a pretty good job on of of just keeping it secure. Like you know, we went during spring break, so there's a lot of teenagers on this this and a lot of young you know preteens and teenagers so they try to get wild me being a teacher i kind of just gave the daddy look and they kind of calmed down so <laughs> i guess they could kind of sense it but i heard a lot of people complaining about the children on there but they didn't you know like i said i'm a teacher we're teachers we don't they don't bother us yeah um but all in all we thoroughly enjoyed the ship like i said it was our favorite ship and the, all three of us co-signed that very cool. We've been talking with Danny about his six nights sailing on Carnival Magic at a Port Canaveral earlier this year. Danny, my friend, thank you for giving this detailed review of the ship. And uh, next time you sail, give me a buzz. We'll do it again. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. I thoroughly enjoy your show, man. I appreciate that. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.